Hello, I'm Oliver Wong. And I'm Morgan Rhodes. You're listening to Heat Rocks. This is the uh, the donor episode. We are live in the last bookstore, which is located in downtown Los Angeles. It's been here, I don't know, probably what, somewhere between five to ten years. And it has a really sizable uh, record store portion that was, I don't know if it's still run by Scott, but uh, the guy who used to run it used to have a store called Records LA located in West Adams. And then when the last bookstore opened here in downtown, he just ended up moving his entire operation into the bookstore. So if you want to browse for books, want to browse for records, this is a nice uh, two for one. Morgan, how long have you been coming here for? This is only my second time. And I didn't spend a lot of time the first time I came in here because I was meeting someone. We met at the front to get somewhere else. So this is really my first thorough you know, peep into the whole game here. And I like what I see. For those who haven't been here, it is a really cool space in terms of they do a lot of stuff with the books for visual interest. I know at one point, I don't know if they still, if this is still the case, but they would have entire walls that were just color coded. So they would have find all the red books with red spines and just put that as a wall or entire wall of white spines or black spines. But now that they've actually filled in the space with book sections, I think it's, it's actually not just for aesthetic reasons. Now it's just all content. And as noted, it also has a really nice record section, which is what brought us here for this uh, donor episode. Morgan had the idea for us to do a version of the what's in your bag uh, segment that I think Amoeba Records used to do. And because I don't like driving to Hollywood, but downtown <laughs> is convenient to, to at least, uh, hopefully at least two out of three, hopefully Morgan didn't, it wasn't too much of a trouble to get her out here. We decided to come do this at the last uh, bookstore instead. Right. And while we, while, while we are both waiting on Amoeba to ask us to be a part of the What's in Your Bag program, we just thought we'd go ahead and do it really organically and authentically to just do it ourselves. So that brings us to this location where we, we uh, did some, some deep diving uh, under time constraints, and we just want to share with you what we came up with. Key question, because as much as we've talked about albums and records on the show, we've never actually, I think, talked about our process of what is it that we're looking for when we walk into a record store. And certainly, I think my kind of uh, my protocol has changed over time. But Morgan, when you walk into a record store, what sections do you tend to head to first and why? Without question, I always go to the gospel section. And that's not just because I'm churchy. Gospel music was the was a lot of the music I heard first as a little, little kid. But I'm also always looking for the nuances of gospel. What kind of gospel have I missed? Have I missed, you know, gospel dance music? Have I missed jazz gospel? Have I missed rock gospel? So I'm always looking for that thing that I don't have, a finesse on gospel, or just some old gospel that I might not have heard of because I'm trying to add to my collection. So I tend to go there first, and I'm looking for, you know, stuff as new in terms of dance music gospel stuff that's recently released or i'm looking for really old stuff um and i'm lately i've been interested in 60s and 70s gospel my process has certainly changed over time as my record collection has become more selective i guess is one way to put it which is that a lot of the stuff when i was in my 20s or 30s that i would go into a record store i would have a want list and so i'd be going through different sections especially jazz or the soul section looking for specific records. But these days I've pretty much filled in most of those wants. And so oftentimes I'm looking for stuff that I didn't realize I needed because I had never seen the album before, or I might just come across something that, that perks my interest. So oftentimes the first place I'll go to is to look what's up on the, on the wall, right? Cause presumably that means someone's taken the time to 
handpick stuff to put up there. And some, sometimes, you know, some stores, the wall is about, you know, something that looks funny or uh, people, there's just a kind of a, a humor to uh, wanting to put a particular uh, album cover up there. But in other cases, it might be, you know, one of the better finds, maybe a slightly more expensive record, but something that is more rare or obscure. So the wall oftentimes has stuff of interest. And then if that doesn't yield anything, then definitely the new arrival section, mostly because presumably if no one's filtered through it yet, then you can get that first dibs to, to find the stuff before uh, someone else's uh, quick fingers uh, snatches it out of there. I'm looking for stuff um, that I can fall in love with and convince someone to let me place. So I'm all, always digging for stuff that I hope will end up on a project that I'm working for um, or just unusual stuff that I don't that I don't have. I am a creature of habit, so sometimes I tend to go to sections that I'm fam- familiar with. But just a... Uh, you know, for the purposes of education and edification, I, sometimes I just, I'll just look at packaging and be like, what's this? If it's 99 cents, I'll take it home. And if I'm wrong, if it was, you know, bad, then I only spent 99 cents. So I love the clearance section. With that, you want to talk about the stuff that you pulled today? You know, I don't own a lot of comedy albums. In fact, I can't think of one that I do own. And so I've always had love for Flip Wilson I was, you know, a, an infant when his comedy was in his heyday. And so I was interested because I've never really heard um, his comedy at length besides some of the clips that you can find on YouTube. So I picked up an album called Cowboys and Colored People. You meet a lot of nice people, you know, traveling from city to city. Like a few weeks ago, a lady came in, caught the show. After the show, she spent a few minutes chatting with the entertainers. And she says, come by the house. Let me fix a home-cooked meal for you. You can get away from eating in the restaurants. Fine gesture. I accept. I go by. Lady has a couple of kids. I get there a little late. She's already fed the kids. She's running their bath. She's generally, she gives them their bath. They watch television, then into bed. Television doesn't work. Kids don't know. They sit there waiting for it to light up. When they fall asleep, she puts them in bed. Three years the television hasn't worked. I'm into this. He's, you know, part of the tradition of his time alongside Dick Gregory, Godfrey Cambridge, and uh, as the story's well known, he got his, uh, his shot on The Tonight Show. He got to go to the couch, and everybody doesn't get that. So I know he had a big act in Vegas, so I'm very, very curious to see uh, what this album is about and what he's talking about and how it holds up 52 years later. Well, I find that I got just enough time left to say that I like a big hand when I finish. <laughs> you know, when I finish. You know, I like a big hand. Generally, entertainers would be reluctant to say to the audience that they'd like a big hand. All of them want a big hand. Damn right, I want a big hand. Sammy Davis and Frank Sinatra want a big hand and $10,000 a night, too. <laughs> Y'all can split up the money. All I'm asking for is a little old... All I want is a little old jive big hand. If I came on your job and I could do you a favor, I'd do it. If you was a cab driver, I wouldn't rob you. If I was a cloud, I wouldn't rain on your parade. What the hell? One of the first things I pulled was something that I actually went looking for, so it wasn't so much that I came upon it browsing, but I don't buy a lot of new releases, and there's a variety of philosophical and 
monetary reasons for that. But every year I do want to pull out a small handful of albums um, and from artists who I think um, it's worth cataloging, basically archiving those releases into the library, as I say. So, for example, in recent years, I would have included stuff like uh, the Jimmy La Woods album from a few years mm-hmm. back. Um, you know, Kendrick Lamar's last few albums have mm-hmm. definitely made it in there. I think the Tyler, the Creator, uh, Flower Boy album. Oh, these are all stuff that I've picked up um, on, on vinyl new, even though realistically it's far, far more likely that if I want to listen to anything off of those, I'm just going to go to Spotify or YouTube or whatever. Yeah. But again, the, the, the point in buying the album is to be able to have it filed in the archive, and it's part of a, of a living uh, library in that sense. So in this case, I did know uh, there's two different Lizzo um, releases I wanted to get, one of which is Coconut Oil, which is actually from a few years back. It's the six-song EP that had Good As Hell on it. Need to kick off your shoes Gotta take a deep breath Time to focus on you All the big fights Long nights that you've been through I got a bottle of tequila I've been saving for you Boss up and change your life You can have it all I've liked the song since it first dropped I actually never bothered to pick up it on vinyl And so they had coconut oil here uh, At the last bookstore So I decided that well, see, that's the thing. That's how much new new vinyl costs these days. And I mean, this is just an, a six song EP, and it's nineteen ninety nine. I think her uh, the LP from last year goes for about twenty five dollars. So, again, it's a, it's one reason I don't buy a lot of new releases is is the cost of it. So, um, but again, I felt like this is strong enough to to, to belong in the library. And as it is, it it does include. This is the two thousand nineteen reissue, and it includes the special coconut scented insert. All right, what's number two on you, for you, I should say? So we had our show with uh, music supervisor Kira Lehman, and he... Um, picked Steely Dan Asia. And I thought I knew everything about Steely Dan and his his catalog, but clearly I don't because I picked out picked up Countdown to Ecstasy and this I don't know. Steely Dan can do no wrong in my eyes. And so since I had the conversation with Kier, I've been obsessed with getting everything that he has. So I'm just curious about this, but especially off the song Showbiz Kids, because I always hear people talk about it. While the poor people sleeping, keep the shade on the light. While the poor people sleeping, all the stars come out at night. While the poor people sleeping, keep the shade on the light. While the poor people sleeping, all the stars come out at night. And now that I know a little bit of backstory about he and Walter Becker's relationship and things that were going on, now I just want to hear if I can pick up any vibes on the wax. I know that's a stretch, but but that's it. 1973 ABC Records, which means I'll never be able to clear, afford to clear it. <laughs> uh, but the, the personnel's Jeff Skunk, Baxter, Walter Becker, Fagan, Jim Hodder, and Denny Diaz. And so I want to I wanna check, check it out. And uh, they've got a great song on here called My Old School that I really want to hear um, in my living room and not here on Spotify. 
I was going through, they have a, a $1.99 bin. So there's a dollar bin, but then there's like a $2 bin for, I guess, slightly better records that uh, they have here at the last bookstore. And I came across this Henry Mancini album, Mr. Lucky Goes Latin, released on RCA Victor. I'm going to guess probably from the early, yeah, actually 1961. And this is very much an easy listening album. And, and Mancini, of course, is just one of the most prolific composers uh, in, in Hollywood and, and uh, just the music industry, especially of that era. But there's one song on here that I've always loved by Mancini. And I, I don't know if I own this in any other format, but it's Lujan, which is a song that you've heard, that we will have heard in, in a couple different movies. I think it got placed in The Big Lebowski. It was in that, um, oh, what was that British gangster film that had uh, Dude Who Played Gandhi in it, but playing a thug? Sexy Beast. Sexy Sexy Beast, beast, right. So Lujan was in that. And uh, it is just, it's really one of Mancini's best compositions and sublime, it's haunting. uh, And you know, alongside other th- songs, what else we have on here? Uh, Tango Americano, No Cal, Sugarloaf, Speedy Gonzalez. That's maybe kind of suspect. Um, but it does have Lujan. So I, I have high hopes, even if the rest of this is elevator music. I know there's one, there's one certified, uh, you know, heater on here. picked up Eric Mercury's funky sounds nurtured in the fertile soil of Memphis that smell of rock. That's that's going to be the name of my autobiography. Uh, I think these songs are, the song titles attracted me. Of course, I'm down with Eric Mercury, who put out an album called Electric Black Man, which I'm in love with. The liner notes are so clutch here. When the Black Sun tribes of Africa were already a a centuries-old culture of beauty and pride, when the slave ship sailed with suffocated cargoes of iron-shackled brothers and sisters, when 19th-century white Americans fired scrap metal into each other over the civil rights of man, Eric was born. smell that funky music like it should be wrap me in a map listen with your eyes a gift to you this is clutch i don't know if this is going to be rock funk um folk roots but what we do know is that it's funky sounds nurtured in the fertile soil of memphis that smell of rock so it's a lot of things and i and i look forward to it enterprise records um i'm not sure of the year but i will keep you posted on the sound of it Warmth and laughs surround me, baby Each and every day Like it should be Oh, just like it should be My third choice I found in the dollar bin, or I should say the 99 cents bin, and it's actually a jazz album that I first discovered at the Groove Merchant in San Francisco. It's by Ernestine Anderson, and it's called From Live from Concord to London, and the cover has 
a, uh, a picture of the British Airways Concord jet, which also appears on the flip side. And I think when I originally picked this up, uh, it's from 1978, I kind of assu- I thought that maybe they actually taped it live on the plane. But then when you read the liner notes, it's just it's just a, a pun because they recorded part of this album live at the Concord uh, Summer Festival in Concord, California. And the other half they recorded in London at uh, world-famous Ronnie Scott's, which is a really well-known jazz bar out there. So the, the, the Concord airplane is just... Yeah, it's just a name pun. But in any case, it is a very good jazz vocal album. I mean, most of it is, is quite straight ahead. It's nothing that's going to be world-beating, um, even though the, the personnel is quite good, including the uh, from the Concord session, you, Concord session, you have Ray Brown on bass, Jack Hanna on drums. At the uh, Ronnie Scott's, you had, uh, let's see, Roger Sellers is on drums, uh, John Horler is on piano. But in any case, the main reason I picked it up uh, back like 20 years ago was because her version of Love for Sale on here is a 6 minute and 21 second really nice funky jazz cut. And to me, it's just one of those kind of sneaker cuts mixed in alongside pretty straight ahead covers of Ellington Solitude or My Romance by Rodgers and Hart. Uh, But suddenly you you have this Cole Porter tune, which is funked up, and it's just such a charming surprise. And even though I already own, actually, I think two copies of this album, I'm I'm picking this one up for uh, for Morgan because I think she'd like it and because it's only 99 cents. So there's that, too. I got LTD, and uh, my uncle always said that there was something behind the initials, but I was too young to know. And now he's gone, so I never really did find out that T. But I do know that Jeffrey Osborne was the lead singer. I picked this album up because I don't have it, and I am a sucker for Brothers in Capes. Okay, right here you see the album cover. What do you see? Brothers in Capes. That's, that's major cape action right there. My God. Like they got wings. That's it. Like be, Bull, be me, <laughs> be me up on here. Now they might not be as metaphysical and philosophical as Earth, Wind, and Fire, but the capes just the same. Um, you got some great tracks on here, including One on One, Share My Love, Stand Up, LTD, Say That You'll Be Mine, Dance and Sing, and I think that they they don't get the kind of praise and recognition that they should get. And I think they've been a little bit obscured by the Commodores. And I thought they were making very similar sounds of this time. And I can't wait to hear this. This was uh, produced by Bobby Martin on A&M Records, 1979. So I expect it to be rare grooves and soul. Can't wait. Our producer, Christian, is not just here to tape us. He also went through the crates and picked up a record. Christian, what did you, what's in your bag, my dude? Okay, so um, I picked up Miriam Makeba, self-titled album. I chose this because, well, my record collection is pretty tiny. I'd say like 30 maybe. And I don't really pick up things that I know I'm going to, like I already know about. 
Um, the cover also reminds me of Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. I forgot what the name of the album is, but the one where she's just standing in front of like a yellow background. So that was pretty cool. I don't know what to expect out of this. Uh, Morgan told me that the Click song is a real jam. That's all I got. <laughs> so I'm excited to check this out. I mean, this has been a, you know, a great discovery for me because their their clearance section of their 99 cents section was really legit. And I have some other albums here that we're not going to talk about because we only, you know, chose three. But the prices are really right. And I may need to come down here more often. I'm not going to, you know, disparage Amoeba. But since you ain't asked me and Oliver to be in um, What's in Your Bag, I might start coming down to the last bookstore, you know, just on the strength. But they've got some... Um, some good stuff down here in, 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 in every section. So this, this was fun. This was really fun. I think we're going to do it more often. And uh, for the listeners that are listening to this episode, we'd love for you to write us and let us know um, about your last um, you know, record-buying trips, what you picked up, uh, what you're currently you know, picking up, and just send us a, a note and let us know what you grabbed. Thank you so much for being a donor to Maximum Fun. Uh, we're so glad we were able to make this for you. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported